Hello and welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott, and I have a very special guest with me today. No, it's not Sean Priest. He's not always here. I know that people think Sean and I live together uh, because he's on this podcast so much. No, he's not here. Uh, in fact, we have someone far better, far better. Uh, we've got Stuart Lawler from Sight and Sound Technology. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to Blind Guy. Poor old Sean. Hello, uh, hi, Phil. Stephen. Uh, Delighted to be here. I thought you and Sean lived together. So you've just shattered my illusion of the two of you cuddling up on a cosy evening after oh, recording please. an episode of the show or oh, something. So. No, no, no. I mean, look, the, Sean and I, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on... Basically, Zoom, I think, was created for us because um, mm. we're never off the thing. I think we fund Zoom individually. I mean, the pandemic, you know, obviously meant Zoom became really popular and everybody was on Zoom. And now people are moving back into the office. The use of these things is going down. But don't worry, we'll keep Zoom alive for you. We're going to keep Have it you guys going. Got- have you guys got shares in Zoom? No, we should have. We should have. Yeah. <laughs> we should have. I, I wish. I, I wish I understood the stock market. I hear these ads on the radio from time to time, and it's like get into the stock market and you know just just take some money and we'll do it. And I keep thinking I'd love to do that. I remember a story of a guy who sold his shares in Apple, like way back at the start, and it was just like nineties, right? And he'd put money in and he took it back and he got like six hundred dollars back. And they said that if he'd left that money in. It would have been something like, you know, 1.3 million by now. You know, it was a ridiculous number. Um, but he would have been a, a, a millionaire, basically, if he'd just left it alone. And I kept thinking, God, if I'd done that with Zoom at the start. You see, that's that's the whole thing about the stock market, isn't it? And, and you, I suppose you really need to understand how to play it. And I have no idea how to play it either. So no. I, I, I do sympathize with you. But that's why we're not talking about the stock market today, thank goodness. Thankfully not. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> now, I've never talked about the stock market in my life. That's the first time it's mentioned on this, on this any, well, any broadcast of mine. Um, we're talking about sight and sound technology. Of course, a brilliant company. A lot of uh, blind people out there will know about it because it is one of those companies, one of those staples of uh, of blind life i think you, you get to know it as a company as a trusted brand to go to to buy products and get great support as well and i have to say Stuart, since you've been there you know it, not just great support has continued but i'd say more of a public presence has appeared through the podcast through the webinars i know you've been instrumental in that and i've got to say well done because honestly it makes the company feel a lot more accessible and i think it just makes the products less scary to a lot of people I'm just passing that £50 over to you online now, okay? So thank Thank you very much. Uh, Good man. No, thank you, Stephen. And it's great to be with you guys, with you on the podcast in the very early weeks of it. And and we've been tuning in. I was telling a couple of people in Sight and Sound about it yesterday as well, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, And I think it's great to see what you're doing. So I'm looking forward to it. And we're delighted to be um, on the show so early. So thank you very much. So let's talk about the new products you've got, because um, obviously there's lots of different things you sell. Uh, Braille is one of those staples of your company's portfolio, one of your products, a range of products you sell. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of different products. And, and if we've got time, and let's be honest, it's a podcast, so we have all the time we want, right? Um, let's talk about uh, Voxmate a bit later, because yeah. I did an interview with them for Tech Talk before I left, uh, RNIB and uh, sounded like a great company, sounded like a really great idea. So I want to talk about what Sight and Sound Technology is doing there in that space. But let's start off with one of the big Braille devices of the moment I hear a lot of people talking about. I'm not as into this yet as I'd like to be this, into this world because I'm kind of, you know, people know have been listening about me getting into the world of Braille and starting to understand this world of Braille displays. Um, 
but you've got one that we want to talk about called the Braille Sense Six. So what is that? Yeah. So and and I suppose it's really it's good that we're chatting about Braille and the in the month of World Braille Day. And I know you've been you've had the Brailleists on the show very recently as well, talking yeah. about their Braille for Beginners course. There's there's loads of I suppose there's a lot of excitement about Braille around at the moment. The Braille Sense Six is the next step up from the Polaris. So if you remember, the Braille Sense Polaris was around since 2018, and that was upgraded. Uh, the Braille Sense 6 was released last July. And it, it's kind of interesting because people were, there was rumors going around about it for about a year prior to the release that there's going to be something coming. And uh, we were being asked a lot about it, and we didn't know either. We were as pretty much as much in the dark as most people until about last April or May. Um, but the Braille Sense 6 is an Android device, an Android note taker, so similar to the Polaris, but it's running uh, Android version 10 whereas the Polaris was running Android version 5. Uh, it has double the RAM at 6 gig uh, as opposed to the Polaris is 3, and 128 gig storage as opposed to the Polaris is 64, and it has a significantly faster processor as well. I, so, I, you know, and I suppose what, what, what this is, is a the traditional note taker that, you know, I, I think a lot of people still know and love. I know there's an argument every so often about the note taker and where's the note taker going now that we're in the midst of all this mainstream tech that we can use with our Braille displays. But, you know, Stephen, many people like the efficiency and the speed and the ease of use. Uh, and you can have all that alongside your mainstream um, Android applications from the Play Store, be it, you know, WhatsApp or, or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is you want to use. And because we're on Android 10, uh, compatibility is a lot is a lot more streamlined than it was on the Polaris. And people are talking already because, of course, now we're on Android 11. Will the Braille Sense 6 be upgradable? And we're told it will um, later this year. I would think around the end of this year, the uh, you will get an upgrade uh, free of charge uh, to the Android uh, uh, operating system, whatever it is at the time. Mm. I mean, the thing about this one for me is, you know, initially when I when I used to learn, and I didn't know, what I'm, I'll, and I'll admit, I don't know a huge amount about note takers and how they operate. You know, people who use them seem to live inside a world that I just don't comprehend most of the time. But they sounded to me like devices that were very much walled gardens. And that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, I, I love my Victor Reader stream for that reason. You know, it's a walled garden in the sense of I have these applications essentially inside this device. So I've got my podcast ability to listen to audiobooks, to listen to my notes, whatever it is. I've got all that inside this very easy to use, understandable space. I can't really get lost or, you know, end up outside or find myself in an inaccessible part. So I guess that's where the... Uh, Braille Sense 6 to some degree lives, but then th this particular device, as you say, has the option to expand. You've got the ability to put apps on there. So you're, you're in a walled garden, but you've got a gate that gets you to somewhere else. I'm trying to spread stretch this analogy maybe a bit too far. Um, but that's the idea, right? Yeah, I think traditionally, and, and you're spot on, traditionally the, the issue with note takers was they worked very well inside their own interface. So it was really easy to take notes and to manage your diary and, and do all these other things, but it became very difficult when you needed to share that information with other people on other platforms. Um, now, it wasn't impossible, but it was certainly challenging. And I think what 
we've seen with the Polaris and more so now with the Braille Sense 6 is that that's easier. So for example, um, integration of the Google Drive uh, service, for example, in the file manager on the Braille Sense 6 means that you can easily upload files to Google. The latest, the very latest version of the software on the Braille Sense 6, which we're, we're still testing, it's not in the public uh, realm yet, but will allow you to view shared folders and files that other people share with you. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I suppose they're trying to integrate that uh, mainstream um, interoperability, if you like, into the into the note-taking system. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. And I think, you know, let's be frank about it. A lot of people who get these are in employment or yeah, education, they're, possibly. They're, so. they're, exactly. Either, either, either in employment or education. We see an awful lot of them in schools. Uh, an awful lot of people then you know a lot of we've been I've been talking to a couple of people the last couple of weeks for example there's a social worker um, who's who's traveling around with something like this quick way of taking notes going back to your computer later on emailing things or putting stuff up on Google Drive whatever way you want to get that information out of the device you have lots of options of doing so and that's the thing right you need the speed there you need the speed the ability to do the job you don't want to be faffing around trying to work out how to get this website to work or, you know, your office gives you a, a Surface Pro and you've got to try and figure all that out. You know, you just want something that you can grab and go and do the job or sit in the office and do the job. Um, how many cells has this got? So this uh, this has 32. We will have a mini version as well, uh, hopefully by the middle of the year. So a lot of people, or at least some people, are holding out for the mini, which will have 18 cells. Um and that will come later in the year. That's nice. 32, I think, is a sweet spot. 40 always feels like too much. Um, the Orbit Writer, for me, was kind of the closest to the sweet spot with 20. But yeah, 32 seems like a nice size, actually, I think, to, to use. And what, what kind of price are, are you paying for that, then? So uh, for the 32 cell is uh, just over 5,400 uh, sterling. I always have to think for a sec because, of course, I'm thinking mostly in euro, and now I'm yes, realizing I'm yes. talking to you in sterling. <laughs> so um, I'm going to put a little qualifier on this by saying, please get in touch with our office to confirm that price because I have uh, I've done a very quick and dirty conversion, and I'm not sure <laughs> it's bang on. But give us a call, uh, and we can give all the contact details at the end. Of course, definitely. Um, and you know, again, the price of that. You know, for some people sitting at home thinking, geez, that's, that's a bit much. But then look, there are yeah. alternative options out there. This is a powerful uh, machine and it is, I would say something that, you know, if you're in work, you've got access to work, if you're in education, you know, you know that would be covered through the through the schools. So, you know, it's, it's not impossible to get access it, to these. It's not, and, and it's in most cases, it's somebody funding it on a user's behalf. And, and look, Stephen, mm. we've had, we can have the age old, you know, <laughs> chat about about cost of assistive yeah, technology, <laughs> and, and no, but but you know, I, I agree with you, and I think within sight and sound and within the industry, there is very much an awareness that 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 assistive technology is too high, and you're trying to marry that with the ongoing uh, request for features, the need to keep up with mainstream tech. Uh, which it has to interface with. So there's lots of variables, I think. But yeah, we're, we're all aware of the prices. The thing is, you can spend five grand on a secondhand car to be a taxi. But, you know, at the end of the day, you really probably should be spending the 40 grand on the decent one that will actually see you through. You know, it might actually get you some hire, some jobs and make you money in the end. At the end of the day, it's, it's the right tool for the job. And, you know, sometimes you've got to put your hands in your pocket to do it. Or, you know, if you're lucky enough to get access to work funding, which you should certainly be pushing for, 
in work uh, or if you're at school and you get access to this then that's great and i i you know i'm on a mission this year Stuart, i am on a mission it might be a one-man job but i am going to try because i want to push forward the idea that more children in school get access to braille irrespective of whether they're totally blind or partially sighted totally blind children seem to get that um that braille support but partially sighted children i'm hearing more and more stories it was certainly the case when i was growing up i was told no you're partially sighted you don't need it and computers can talk so you're fine it, it, it's it's so refreshing to hear you say that, Stephen. And actually, it's interesting because in Dublin here, and I visited, you know, prior to Christmas, a couple of schools in Dublin, and we do a lot of work with the uh, specialist teacher service over here. There's an awful lot more of what we call dual learners. So there's people who will use Braille for things like English and maybe some languages and uh, history, the kind of um, the kind of literary subjects or text-based subjects. And then when they're doing maths, for example, they're using their their magnifier, their large print, and it, it's actually working very well. So I, I agree with you. That's very interesting. That's the way it should be. That is the way it should be. If you've got some, because look, when I was growing up, in my case, it was you know my vision was supposed to be not degenerative so i in theory shouldn't have lost any more vision later in life but that did happen now there's still an argument whether or not it was to do with my condition or other health conditions but, you know i went through my own issues at that time but at the same point you know the fact is i'm in a position now where i could really have done with it and i realize now as i'm learning in and getting into it again because it, i did have a little bit of a spell of learning and then it fell away but i you know getting back into it again i realized how much i need it and I just wish I'd been further forward down the line. And, you know, I've had learned it at school. Yes, okay. And I have friends of mine who, who learned it at school and it fell away from them. But when they've went back to it, it's all there. It's like French. You know, I remember I remember learning French at school. I've barely been to France. And I was in France. I took my wife to Paris for her birthday one year. And um, I'm, I'm standing stand yeah. talking away to someone in French. And I'm yeah. like, where did that come from? <laughs> was I, I was... I, I was very happy to hear. I listened to your podcast this morning uh, when you were speaking to Dave Williams, and you're going to join the Brailleists uh, Braille for Beginners course. Which That's is it. I'm fantastic. On it. Yeah. So I'm well on done. And, and well I'm, done. You know, Congratulations. Thought, why not? You know, let's. Yeah. Um, because I, it's going to be useful to me. And I think, you know, what the Brailleists are doing is good because they're kind of not selling this as a, you know, this is all about, um, you know, reading War and Peace within a Sunday afternoon. This is about, you know, note taking. It's about, you know, labeling. It's about useful things you can do with braille you know it'd be nice to sit and read a book but the chances are and i may well do that but the point is that you know that's going to take me a while to get up to that speed whereas immediately i'll be able to start labeling things around the home using it for text messages on the the iphone you know with something like that the next product we may talk about you know that kind of thing this is where braille is really useful and Brilliant. it makes it sustainable i think so yeah it's interesting i'm all for it so the year good. of Braille on this show. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Good good for you. So that's the that's the uh, Braille Sense 6. Let's talk about the next product. Um, uh, this is very intriguing to me. This is a very, what I would call, very accessible product in a number of different ways around price and around what it can do. And that is the Hable 1. Now, this has been talked about a lot on social media. What is the Hable 1? Why is everyone so excited about it? So uh, the Hable 1, spelled H-A-B-L-E, and then the word one, if anybody wants to go and look it up, uh, is a tiny Bluetooth controller or keyboard. You can call it what you will. This device came on our radar, actually, Stephen. It's kind of had an interesting journey. This device came on our radar initially last February. 
And it's something that Glenn Tukey, our CEO, came across and he and I took a first look at it. And we, when, when we saw it first, it only supported um, uncontracted Braille. And we sort of, we sort of said, you know, uh, thanks, but no thanks. And, and sort of because it, it was being designed in the Netherlands and they were looking at it uh, not with the English-speaking world in mind, at least not immediately. Okay. Came, it came back on our radar in June, the end of June. We got the second prototype and it was remarkable. It supports contracted Braille input. So what is it? It's, a, as I said, a tiny Bluetooth keyboard. You have six buttons for the six Braille keys you might find on a on a on a on a um, on a Perkins Brailler, and two extra buttons which do all sorts of other things. For example, like pressing space and pressing enter and pressing delete. And of course, then there's combinations of buttons to do different things. So it will do text entry, but it will also allow you to fully control your iPhone. So to navigate through apps. Uh, to invoke the app switcher, to go to the home screen, to read status information, to play and play, um, to play music, play books, skip forwards and backwards, change volume, do all that kind of stuff. And this tiny little thing is about the size of I have an iPhone, I have an iPhone 12 mini. It it it's it's ever so slightly smaller than that. So it just sits wow. in your pocket beside the phone. And this thing has a rechargeable battery that literally lasts for weeks. You know, so the, the, the workings of this, it looks like a, a very simple piece of plastic when you put it in your hand and it does all this sort of stuff. And Brailleists, I suppose, have been very excited about this because you're sitting on a bus or a train or you're sitting in a restaurant or you're somewhere, Stephen, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I definitely, when I, have to, when I have to use touchscreen text, uh, I can do it, but I'm very slow at it, and I find it very frustrating sometimes. And I certainly find it frustrating when I'm in an environment that's very noisy, and I can't hear the phone properly, and I make stupid mistakes. And then I try to dictate, and that's sometimes even mm, worse. Yeah. So this is really great uh, for uh, about two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, you'll get this keyboard, and people are really enjoying it. Yeah, and I, I get it. I mean, that, that that price point as well. You know, I mean, some people would say, oh, that's quite expensive. A friend of mine who's cited is like 230 quid for a, a Bluetooth input key. But I'm like, yeah, but you got to think about what this thing can do. And also you got to remember that this is a, a niche product, right? Whatever way around you look at it, it is. I mean, you know, not everyone's going to go out and buy one of these. These are not mass market. So I think the price actually is not that bad. Um, but the, the interesting thing for me is, and I'm interested to get your take on this, the, the keys themselves... They're not in the traditional Perkins style, are they? They're in a vertical, no. almost like the cell itself. That's exactly what it is. They're like the cell itself. And also what's interesting is the way you hold it, Stephen. I, I, I don't know if you've actually seen one or if you've just read about it. But just read about it so far. Okay. So when you hold the device, you hold it away from you and you actually hold it in midair. Somebody somebody told me it's a bit like a game controller. I've never held a games controller. Mm, so to okay. my, to my whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> You're not missing out. <laughs> uh, so you, you hold this thing away from you and your fingers naturally rest. Your three left fingers will rest on one, two, and three, and your right fingers will rest on four, five, and six. And I, some people have found that very strange. I personally didn't. I, I, I got used to that very easily. When I, when I used this the first time, I was putting it, on, putting it on a flat surface, on a table, 
and mm. it, it doesn't really work when you put it on a table. You have to hold it in midair. You kind of put 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 your hands at either end of it, the palms of your hands at either end, your fingers naturally rest on the keys. And it's incredible when you do that, it's incredible how fast you can type with this thing. Well, I'm just, and I'm actually doing this as we speak. I've kind of got my hands in front of me, almost on my stomach, imagining that I'm resting this device there and and using the keys to type. And I think, you know, one of the benefits of being a rather rotund man is that um, I've got somewhere to put the keyboard. It's handy. Well, there you go. There you go. Good <laughs> Finally, man. there's a purpose who, to this thing. Who needs to go to the gym? Exactly. I, I, how am I meant to use my Hable One now? Right, come on. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, this, sounds, this sounds brilliant. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Well, look, before I let you go, because I know you're a busy man, I want to ask you about Voxmate, because... Like I said, we had Voxmate on the RNIB Tech Talk show because you can still go back and listen to the, the interviews. I think everything's still there. Um, but you know what was interesting and what I learned about it is essentially this is the one thing I think has been needed for a long time, and that is an app-based solution, not a hardware-based solution to this kind of thing. Instead of it being a you know a specialist device running this app, essentially this app can be downloaded by anybody and you pay for it, which ultimately means it's cheaper than, you know, some of the alternatives that are out there, the similar kind of, essentially, I call these takeover apps, um, because instead of using, in this case, an Android phone, the way you would use an Android phone, like everyone else might use it, you're using it with this sort of walled garden again, shall we say. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's the walled garden um, idea. Uh, It has different um, levels, I suppose, if you want to call it that. So it's an Android, um, it's an Android um, application at present. Although iOS is coming, because uh, we've had lots of queries about that, and it offers Stephen things like uh, news, uh, books, weather, um, games. There's a whole load of games. It will be offering access to social networks, um, all in this. Easy to use. I suppose their their big thing is minimal minimal gestures. So they say there's there are four gestures you have to memorize, four four different types of swipes, and you can go anywhere. And the whole story, because I'm always interested in the backstory to some of these things, and the backstory behind um, the Voxmate service was that the developer uh, the developer's father-in-law ended up in hospital and he was losing his vision and they gave him an iPhone and he found it very difficult to use. He just couldn't get the gestures and he was getting very stressed. And they started thinking about there must be an easier system that would allow him just very quickly to be able to read the news or turn on a talking book. And that's how Voxmate was born. So it's a suite of accessible apps that they are constantly developing uh, and adding to, and for example, in terms of the audio books, they're adding more libraries to Voxmate, and I think it's going to be one to watch this year. We um we we got involved in it because we believe it's going to bring a whole wealth of information to people who mightn't be very tech savvy, but who have an Android phone, and you know Android phones obviously are a lot cheaper than iOS devices, and it will run on those. So we're 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 providing some where we will be rather providing support uh helping to promote it uh both here in ireland and in the uk and just i guess giving giving people the option of of, of an extra service and, and and suite of services that may be of use to them 
I think that's it, isn't it? It's about having, and apologies, my, my dog was going crazy there just as a, I decided to mute my mic instead of you having to, to deal with that. Um, That's okay. But he was very excited about this app, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Dougal loves the sound of it. Um, Good. But, you know, how does this work with you? Because it's like, so how, how do you offer the subscription? Because it is a paid, you pay for it, right? I mean, you, no. you pay a subscription. Yeah. No, so we'll be uh, the, the the app will be bought directly via via the Play Store, um, and you will subscribe on the Play Store. So, Sight and Sound, we're 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 doing a we're doing some work with the developers in helping to promote it. Um, so we'll be we'll be somewhere in the middle, providing demonstrations when we can actually all get out and about again, and um, providing support for the app as well in the uk and this is this is like really hot off the press this is literally happening as i speak and how that will all settle down when we get going uh we'll, we'll find in the next couple of months it sounds brilliant absolutely brilliant well look sight and sound technology is a great company as i say and it's a great company to uh get your products from but get that support as well and i mentioned at the top about these webinars and podcasts that you've been instrumental in bringing, tell people about those because, you know, people have got to be checking these out. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Uh, so we have webinars. We were doing in the in the depths of the lockdown. When I think back on it now, it's like, God, it's like a different time. Um, we were having what we called Webinar Wednesday, every Wednesday, obviously, uh, at 2 p.m. And of course, naturally, we're all starting to get out a little bit more now and people are busier. So we have webinars on the first Wednesday of every month at two o'clock. And now on the third Thursday of every month, we have our social hub webinar, which we run in, uh, which we run in collaboration with our charity partner, Seascape, up in Fife in Scotland. So the social hub is on the third Thursday of every month. Webinar Wednesday is on the first Wednesday of every month. They both start at 2 p.m. Uh, you can join our mailing list, our newsletters, where you'll get all the information each month in terms of what's coming up, uh, which you can subscribe to on sightandsound.co.uk. And our podcast is also available. Um, in fact, the easiest way to get hold or to see our YouTube channel and podcasts is to go to sightandsound.co.uk forward slash media, and you'll get all the recent podcast and YouTube um, entries. And, you know, if you check out the podcast links, we'll put all these links in there and all that detail as well. So if you missed any of that, don't worry, we'll we'll put that info in. We'll also put in the Sight and Sound phone number as well. Uh, so you can find that and you can contact the company as well to find out about the products. We'll put the product links in and, and you know, you can go off and find them. And, you know, as Stuart said, make sure that you contact the company about pricing. Because you know he's he's basically using a calculator right now to do don't rely on my don't rely yeah. on my conversion yeah please don't rely on my conversion if there is anything give us a call in Northampton your your CEO Glenn will be on the, the phone saying hang on a minute <laughs> I don't think my CEO I my CEO Glenn will be increased the price of that or or decreased it completely um, yeah or 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 he'll be sending me a P forty five. Uh, but what would that be? What would your final salary be? In I bet the idea would be if it was in pounds, right? Um, that would be the funny thing for you. Uh, but look, thank you so much for coming on, and I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate the work you do, and uh, we'll get you back on soon. No problem, Stephen. It's a pleasure, and all the best with the podcast. I'm looking forward to being a regular tuner, tuner inner. That, that wasn't that I, meant. I, I should I probably say listener. Anymore, I know because it's a bit yeah. like when people say they tape their their film or their show, mm. and it's like. But there's no tape involved anymore. I know. 
I know. I don't know I how know. any of it works, but yeah. Well, look, works. best of luck with it all. It's a great, it's a great idea. Uh, long may it live, and um, hope it all goes well for you. Thanks, Stuart. I appreciate that. And just a reminder that you can get in touch with our show. You can email us hello at blindguytalkstech.com, or you can call us and leave a message uh, the old-fashioned way. But, you know, I like to bring a bit of retro to this program. Hey, I'm here. That's probably retro enough. But, yeah, we brought a phone in as well. Uh, you can call us on 0204 571 3354. Again, that number is in our Twitter profile. It's on the podcast notes as well. Do leave us a voicemail and it could end up on this program. That was Stuart Lawler from Sight and Sound Technology. We'll be back soon with another Blind Guy Talks Tech. Cheers, guys.